Okay, uh, on the count of three, shout out the name of the team that you think is going to win the Super Bowl tonight. Now, in case somebody already shout before, you can't shout before three. That team will lose. You, you just uh, now it's the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. For those of you who don't even know who's playing, all right, are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Did I hear a Toronto Maple Leafs in there or something? <laughs> they are in the wrong sport, but but they can't win. How many of you don't care? <laughs> oh, a lot of you don't care. Wow. I'm shocked by that. I, wow, you don't care. Um, how many just watch for the commercials or go for the snacks? <laughs> it's all about the snacks. All right. So just to be clear, I have not underinflated this sermon. Just to be clear, I have never underinflated a sermon. I've probably overinflated a few. <laughs> Um, as uh, Pastor Mike shared earlier, uh, pizza with me uh, up in the family center. If you don't know where that is, stop. Ask almost anyone in the lobby; they'll tell you where to go um, upstairs. And then you just walk the hall till it goes no further. Turn right; you'll find us. Kids are welcome. If you're new, newer, or newish to Monk and Wesson, would love to have you. Uh, even if it's free. Even if you haven't signed up, we've ordered extra, and I will share more about this church. I'll share more about the Westlands. I'll share more about our vision. I'll share more about myself and our family, and I'll answer any questions that you have. And uh, so that's happening right after the service. So we're starting a brand new series today on something far more important than the Super Bowl. It's called The Blessed Life. And a little history uh, as we get rolling here this morning, because we have several new families with us. And uh, we're super pumped that, that you are here. And so a little, little history for those of you who are new. I served on staff here at Moncton Weston from 2000 to 2005. And then I was invited back. And uh, so when, if you ever leave a job, always leave well. Because you never know. Right? You just never know. When I left here in 2005, I had no idea, no clue um, that they would ever invite me back. And I got, in, I got invited back. Uh, to do a transition with Pastor Buckingham, who had pastored this church for 44 years. And this, this June will be three years since I've been back. Isn't that crazy? Like, <laughs> unreal how, how time flies. So you did this series, Mountain Westland did this series, The Blessed Life, uh, right before my time. You did it about this time in February, I think, in uh, 2012. And when I got here in June or July... People were still talking about this series, The Blessed Life. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing it again this winter. And people were, were sharing stories about, uh, you know, this changed my life. This changed our family. This changed our church. And, and just people were just kept talking and talking, talking about the series, The Blessed Life. Those of you who uh, are here now and you were then, you were here then for the, that series, uh, how many of you would say that series uh, greatly impacted your life? How many of you would say the Blessed Life series had a positive impact? Lots of hands going up around, around the congregation. So things you need to know as we start this series. First of all, you have been generous in your giving. You have been generous in your giving. You need to know that, okay? 
Um, oh, by the way, let me, let me just say, it's a good time to say this. Um, we, we, can, we can afford to pay the heat bill. That's not why it's cold in here this morning. And the temperature in here has nothing to do with the series. Like, let's make it really, really cold. And, and uh, we're having issues uh, with, with the heating uh, units in the facility. And uh, next Sunday, it'll be warm if I have to get in here in the middle of the night and bonfires. It'll be warm in here. I guarantee you warmth. And um, so, uh, but you have been generous in your giving. Also, we are not in some big financial hole. Uh, we're not. We're not doing this to dig out. Uh, although I was thinking about all these snowstorms, and usually, like if you're digging out on Saturday and Sunday, the church is digging out. If you know what I mean, like like snow Sundays really affect you know up and down the budget and all that sort of stuff. Giving, uh, but we're not. We're not in some big financial hole. So you need to know that we're not in a mess. In fact, we've been very very careful with uh, with what has come in. Many ministries and, uh, and operations are underspent in their budgets, and the church is in a good position. So there are, there are still there are, there are needs, there are big vision things that we would like to be able to do. That, that's always true, but we're not in a hole, and we want you to know that, okay? Um, also, you also need to know that this is not a campaign. The Blessed Life series is not a campaign. There will not be a, a commitment card at the end of this campaign. At uh, the end of this, I just said campaign. I told you it wasn't a campaign, and then said at the end of the campaign. Just checking to see if you're paying attention, that's all. A few keeners caught it, that's all. Uh, at the end of this series, there's not going to be a commitment card or, any, or anything like that. So I want you to know that. We're not going to hand out commitment cards at the end of the series. And if, if I do mention, like, pre-authorized giving or anything like that, it's, it's to give you information, not to give you guilt. Okay, I want to give you information. And last thing, and then we're going to jump in. Uh, you want to go to a church that gives you clear, honest, biblical teaching about money. Okay, you do. You want to go to a church that, that does that. And if I keep this from you, I'm robbing you of a blessing. I'm stunting your spiritual growth. And I have a responsibility to teach this stuff that we're going to, we're going to be going through here in the month of February. I have a responsibility to teach it to you and anything less is ministerial malpractice. So, uh, so were we okay? All right. Four of you are okay. All right. So I'm preaching from uh, this book, the Bible. We're also referencing uh, a book called The Blessed Life, written by Pastor Robert Morris. The book is, is available out at the uh, welcome desk in the lobby. If we run out today, if you go out after the service and say, I've got to have a, one of those, a copy of that book. Uh, if we run out, we'll have more copies available for you next week. And on page 27 of the book, Robert Morris defines the blessed life as uh, this. Let's throw it up here on the screen. Having supernatural power working for you. This is Robert Morris's definition of the blessed life. It's on page 27 in the book. And he says, the blessed life is having supernatural power working for you. And so in the book, he, he sets it up from the very beginning, from Genesis and Exodus, that we can see a, a pattern of obedience, uh, a way of living that God chooses to bless. It's God's design. When we align ourselves with, with God's commands and God's desire for our lives, Robert Morris says that we, we get in a zone where we have God's supernatural power working for us. Uh, the book also points out there are more than 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. 
There are over 500 verses in the Bible on faith. There are over 2,000 verses in the Bible on money and possessions. 16 out of 38 of Jesus' parables talk about money. Money is a test. And Jesus knows that we'll be tested by money, and he doesn't want you to fail the test. And so Jesus gives you the answers to the test up front. It's an open book test. Aren't those the best kind of test? Didn't you love it when your teachers said, uh, it's going to be an open book test? I always thought, well, I got a chance. (laughs) Money is a test, but it's an open book test. God has given you the answers up front. And man, I wish I had Google when I was going through high school. See, when I was a kid, you had to study to find the answers. All right, I'll move on. The blessed life, having God working for you, has everything to do with how you, how we, myself included, how we handle the resources that God allows to pass through our hands. Life isn't about what you have, but about who or what has you. It's not about what you have. Life is about who or what has you. Now, this is not a series against stuff. God might speak to you about your stuff. But I'm not saying that that stuff in itself is wrong. Stuff by itself is wrong. I'm not saying that stuff in itself is wrong. But stuff by itself is wrong. If Jesus isn't first... No amount of stuff will ever satisfy. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs for our text this morning. Proverbs was written by Solomon, regarded by many as the wisest man who ever lived. Uh, Solomon would have been great at Twitter. Everything in 140 characters or less. Like every proverb basically can be be tweeted. And he gives us these succinct axioms for wise living. They're often built on on consequences, the Proverbs. They're often uh, set up like, if you do this, then that will happen. Or if you ignore this, then that will happen. Solomon was not only the wisest man that anybody knew at that time, he was also the wealthiest. And he had a lot of stuff. And so Solomon could speak with authority about what happens when we don't put God first in our lives. And so we're going to read Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 1 through 10. Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. Here we go. Solomon says, My child, never forget the things that I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. And if you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Okay, back to verse 5. Back to verse 5. Let's uh, put verse 5 up on the screen here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend 
on your own understanding. Solomon writes this about a thousand years before the life of Jesus. Solomon is the son of King David, and look who's taking a Bathsheba. And he would have grown up knowing the story of how his father spotted another man's wife bathing, has an affair with her, sends her husband to die in battle, and their first child dies. And Solomon saw in his father's life what life is like when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, and when you trust in your heart as if you are Lord. Solomon had his own issues. Not only had the issues of his parents, but he had his own issues too. Just one example, when God was establishing Israel as a nation, and God specifically asked Solomon not to uh, take in any foreign wives during during this this period. And just like a three-year-old, what does Solomon want to do? He wants exactly what God tells him he can't have. The the thing that God says, you know, just, just don't do this. Just like a three-year-old, all of a sudden, Solomon has to have uh, these foreign wives. And so Solomon saw what his own life was like when he trusted in the Lord with all of his heart and when he trusted his heart as if he was Lord. In a minute, we're going to see in verse 9 that, that Solomon strongly encourages us to honor the Lord with our very best. But before we can get there, we need to, we need to settle the trust issue. The trust issue. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. If you truly trust the Lord, if you truly trust God with all your heart, you'll be able to give to God from all you have. If you trust God with all your heart, it won't be an issue. You'll be able to give to God from all that you have. Solomon knows the principle of, of first fruits. He knows it. He knows it well. Hey, we're, we're not going to harvest and take all that we want or think that we need. And, and we're, we're not going to give to God from the leftover or whatever's laying on the ground after we've taken our harvest. That's a recipe for disaster. We're going to honor the Lord with, with the first fruits, the best of what comes in. We're going to honor the first fruits covenant that God established from the very beginning. We're going to take a a portion of the first fruits and we're going to bring it into the storehouse because we know, we've learned, we've experienced, this is what the Lord requires. This is what the Lord blesses. When you don't give to God first, when, when we don't give to God first, we're saying, I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. I'll find a way. But when we give to God first, we're saying, God has a plan. God is in control. God will make a way. And I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. Solomon's axiom is it's it's either or. It's either you trust the Lord with everything wholeheartedly, or you choose to depend on your own understanding. Which one will it be? All right, let's look at verse 6. Verse 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Not only should you trust God with all your heart, Solomon also says that it's, it's a good idea to, to seek his will sometimes. To seek his will when it's convenient. To seek his will when you think it lines up with what you want to do anyways. 
Solomon says, seek his will in, say it with me, all. In all you do, and God will show you which path to take. This proverb is about choices. Life is a series of decisions and choices. Every day is filled with with different paths that we can take. And there are right paths and there are wrong paths. Now, now don't don't freak out and, and, and get paralyzed by like, how do I know which path I'm supposed to, to take? How do I make the right decisions in my life? Because Solomon says, just trust. Just simply trust in the Lord with all your heart and seek his will in all that you do. And, and this, that won't happen, gang, if you only go to God when, you know, when it's that, you know, when you're praying that break glass in case of emergency prayer. Or you're only going to God when you, when you really, really, really need something. Solomon is talking about a, a way that you live, the way that you, you uh, open up your lives on a daily basis to the presence of God, the voice of God, the living with the Spirit of God active in our lives and, and trusting the Lord with all of our hearts for, for every area of our lives. Being dialed in to, to, to the voice of God every day. Committed to doing the will of God. Not pursuing your own goals or your own ideas or your own plans, but, but simply asking God, what do you want to do with my life, my time, my resources, my relationships. It's not, it's not, you know, what should I wear today or what should I have for breakfast or, or help Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl or you, I, you probably should pray for Tom Brady, for Tom Brady, but not to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Verse seven, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. See, verse 7 is for people who still think they can do more with, with their resources than, than God can do. Verse 7 is for people who, who think, I'll figure it out. I'm smart enough. Uh, I, 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 there's got to be a way. And they're, they're relying, they're depending on their own wisdom. Solomon says, stop it. Stop doing that. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. This might be a good time for us to define what we mean by, what, what do we mean by first fruits? Anyhow, God's design right from the very beginning is that we would return the first 10% back to him. 100% is from him. And you, you gotta, you have to um, understand and accept and You have to let this sink in this morning. 100% is from him, Okay. of what you have, what you receive, is from him. The first fruits, God's plan from the very beginning is that we would return 10% back to him. He trusts us with 100%, and we're supposed to trust him by returning 10%. You get to keep 90%, that's a good plan. Now, the promise and the principle is that you and God can do more with 90% than you can do alone with 100. That's the promise and the principle. That you and God can do more with 90% than if, you, if you're just on your own, being impressed with your own wisdom, relying on your own understanding. You think, well, I, I can do more with 100 than God and I can do with 90. Solomon says, stop <laughs> Stop doing that. That's, that's not the principle. The principle is to trust God with every area 
of our lives. This is the blessed life principle. Not after everything is paid, not from the leftovers. Every time God gives you ten, you return one back to him. Every time God gives you ten, I say, thank you, Lord. What a blessing. You've been good to me. God, I'm so thankful for the good things you bring into my life. And it is a joy. It is a, it is a privilege. It is an honor to worship you by, by taking one, just one of the ten, and returning it back to the Lord. Not because God needs your money. Not because it's cold in the church. <laughs> Not because the church needs your money. It's because God knows that money is a test. And he wants you to trust him with all your heart. To seek his will in all that you do. Okay, verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. Then, then Solomon says, you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Now, this is interesting. Solomon connects trusting God with physical healing and well-being. This is not, I repeat, this is not a health and wealth scheme. Are we okay? This is yes. This is no. This is, I need more coffee. This is not name it and claim it. Don't tithe to be healed. Tithe to open the path of blessing so that if God wants to heal you, you're, you are positioned for it. Okay? Putting God first is not a guarantee for perfect health, white teeth, or hair on the top of your head. What are you laughing at? We mentioned this last week. Following Jesus doesn't make you storm-free. It makes you storm-proof. You'll be able to stand uh, in the storm, stand strong in your faith, regardless of what life brings your way. If you need healing in your body this morning, then I would definitely recommend that you put God first in everything. I would recommend that. If you need healing, I'd recommend that you put God first in everything. But that is not a guarantee for healing. It's a guarantee for holiness. And God might choose to heal you through your obedience. And he might not. Is that clear? Thank you. Okay, verses 9 and 10. Here we go. And we've highlighted uh, a, few, a few parts of this verse because this is, this is the Super Bowl of this text, verses 9 and 10. Okay, and, and some key words here where, where Solomon says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. That's, that's translated as the first fruits. The, the very best, not the leftovers, not after everything else is, is paid and taken care of and everything else. With the best part of, of everything, everything that you produce. Verse 10, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good, with good wine. Solomon lets his readers know that he's, he's keenly aware of this first fruits principle. Uh, texts like Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers chapter 28, verses 26 to 31. Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 to 11. Solomon knows these things well. He's very familiar. He's clear about the first fruits principle. The principle that God taught his people from the very beginning to give them. 
to give them this, this, this clear way uh, to acknowledge God as a source and provider of everything good in their lives. God knows how easy it is for us to, uh, to stand back and, and, and admire our accomplishments, our accumulations, our stockpiles, and say, oh, aren't I smart? Look what I built. Look what, I, look what I've uh, gathered. Look what I've uh, been able to, to store up. Our accumulations, our stockpiles, and, and think that, that those things are the product of our own competence and effort. Solomon says we're not that smart. Frankly, he just says, we're not that smart. You can't stare at the ground and make something come out of it. It comes from the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Honor the Lord with, with, with your wealth. Honor the Lord with the best part, the first fruits of everything that you produce. And he will fill your life with overflowing goodness and blessing. One more slide. Here's another way to put it. Another way to say this. Give God your best. He'll take care of the rest. Give God your best and he'll take care of the rest. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so thankful this morning for these good people, very faithful, people who want to give you their best, people who want to uh, abide by by your principles. Uh, They want to apply these principles to their lives. People who want to be faithful stewards of, of everything you bring into their lives people who want to return to you uh, that which is yours, uh, recognizing that, that you are first in their lives. God, I thank you for the truth of your word this morning. These words of, of Solomon that are, are ancient and yet so practical, so alive, so helpful to us this morning. And God, I pray for each person here this morning, each family, uh, each home, each, uh, each, each life that's represented here this morning, God. And for those who recognize today that, that maybe you haven't been first, maybe you haven't been um, first over every area of their lives, and uh, you're speaking to them this morning. God, I pray that you would help each one of us in this room to, to hear your voice, not the voice of, of Pastor Tim on the stage, and that you would speak to each one of us. And Lord, if we need to come back, if we need to repent, if we need to uh, make things right, if we need to re-invite you to be first, uh, Lord, if, if there's people here this morning who are thinking, I, I want the, the principle of the blessed life to be true in my life, in my home, in my finances, and in every area of my life. Lord, I pray that you would not only hear those prayers, but, but God, that you would truly, um, truly stir the, our lives and, and, and truly 
um, bring your truth deep into our hearts that we might more than just consent to this this morning and, and acknowledge it, but that we would commit to it. And that we would agree that this is the way we want to live the rest of our lives. And so, God, I just pray that you would uh, uh, give us a great freedom in the next few minutes here in this room this morning to worship you, to respond to you, and to, to make you first as you need to be. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.